World War II this time was marked by the invasion of Poland by Nazi troops and planes. Polish defenses crumbled under the massive mechanized land and air assault. That's a look at some of Today in History on this September 1st, along with Mike Martini. I'm George Zahn for WMKV. Thank you, George. In traffic right now, we have an accident westbound 275 at 5 Mile. It's blocking the right lane. Also, Boudinot at Westbrook with injuries and inbound Glenway at Boudinot. So two accidents not too far from each other. Uh, Hunt at Plainfield, an accident. Pippin at Adams with injuries. That's in Mount Healthy. An accident reported westbound Norwood Lateral at I-75. And uh, 75 southbound south of Lachland, uh, the, uh, just south of that exit, that sharp exit that just kind of pops in there. It's over on the shoulder, but uh, certainly not a good place to have an accident. And uh, police are taking care of that right now. Also, car fire reported westbound 74 at State Route 128 out near Miami Town. You can expect delays around 275 and 5 Mile, northbound 71 off and on Smith through Pfeiffer. Also, uh, some delays north of South 71 at the Pfeiffer Merge, North 75 between Mitchell and Paddock, and again at Glendale Milford to 275, 75 southbound backups, Shepherd to Paddock approaching the bridge. Your weather forecast from the National Weather Service this evening, clear skies with a low of 65 degrees. Tomorrow, mostly sunny, hot, humid again, and a high once again around 90. But uh, there is a chance of a shower or thunderstorm tomorrow night, or if not tomorrow night, early Friday, and that's going to lead to some cooler and nicer weather for the weekend, the holiday weekend. Uh, Friday night, Saturday looks great, a high around 78. Sunday, a high of 78 degrees with partly cloudy skies. And then Labor Day, Monday, mostly clear with a high of 85. Pretty much the same for next Tuesday as well. So some nice weather headed our way for the weekend, and uh, that certainly is something to look forward to. Right now, we are right around uh, 93 degrees here at 89.3 WMKV, and Vina will be coming up in just a moment here, uh, in uh, right here on 89.3 WMKV. WMKV is proudly supported by the new Kensington Place Apartments at Mabel Knoll Village. The 56 new apartments offer a wide variety of floor plans and access to all the services and amenities available through Maple Knoll Village. The new Kensington Place Apartments, a place to live an active lifestyle in retirement. More information on the new Kensington Place is available at 513-782-2717. The views and discussion expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of the hosts of the program, WMKV, Maple Knoll Communities, its staff or management. The information and advice presented are educational in nature and not intended to be taken as legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Always consult with your own legal, accounting, or other professional before making any investment. Welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing, a show to help you gain financial freedom by investing in real estate. Brought to you by the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati and the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing on 89.3 FM WMKV. And now your host, Vena Jones-Cox. Good afternoon. I am Vena Jones-Cox, and this is Real Life Real Estate Investing, the nation's public radio source for real estate investing tips, advice, strategies without all the hype. If you're listening to our podcasts, we do broadcast live from the studios of WMKV on Wednesdays from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. You can listen live online and ask questions by going to wmkvfm.org during that time, Wednesdays, 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time wmkvfm.org tomorrow night is the real estate investors association of greater cincinnati's first meeting of let's call it the fall i know a fall doesn't officially start until late september but i don't know i was this is always like back to school time to me even now six years after i graduated from high school it still seems like i should be getting my books and my don't try and do the math mike it doesn't make sense. I still feel like I should be getting my trapper keepers. Oh, gosh, I just told everybody how old I was, didn't I? And uh, headed on back to school, and you should be headed on back to school, too, 
if you are in real estate investing or want to be and have taken the summer off. The meeting tomorrow night is about self-storage investing. Yeah, I know you see all those things by the side of the road and you go, gosh, can anybody actually be making money on those concrete boxes? And the answer is, oh yeah, very profitable little investment. And of course, no tenants, no toilets, no evictions. It's uh, kind of an interesting little thing. And like, like all other sorts of real estate investments, it can be purchased using creative finance, no cash, no credit, no banks. We've got the top expert in the country on that topic Topic coming to Cincinnati Rhea tomorrow night. His name is Scott Myers, and he will be there at 7 p.m. to tell you about his adventures in self-storage and how he generated a monthly income in cash flow of over $10,000 the very first year in his self-storage business. The early meeting, if you'd like to attend that, is an introduction to working with agents. That is, uh, I will be teaching that little beginner's seminar at 6 o'clock. It's at the usual location, Jordan Crossing, corner of Reading and Seymour. Go to the back of the parking lot where you see the new big white building and all the cars with I buy houses signs on them, and you'll know you are in the right place. More information at CincinnatiRia.com or 859-292-7342. Our topic today is creative real estate investing in your retirement plan. That's right. Not just real estate investing as you know it, but real estate investing tax-free or tax-deferred. And to help us with our conversation today, I've got the guy who's got to be the top expert in the country at this point on self-directed retirement plans and how to use them for creative real estate investment. His name is Edwin Kelly. He's with Equity Trust Company, which is one of the oldest and largest custodians of self-directed retirement plans in the United States. And he's an investor himself. Edwin, welcome to Real Life Real Estate. Edwin, are you there? That's funny. I hear him. He doesn't seem to hear me. <laughs> this is good. Mike's running out of the room, and I get to stretch here while I listen to what sounds like somebody waiting for me to get on the phone. Okay, so while we're waiting, um, don't forget that Fun Drive is coming up real fast here on WMKVFM. FunDrive is, of course, the way in which public radio stations continue to operate and bring you programs like Real Life Real Estate Investing. The premium for your pledge to WMKV from Real Life Real Estate Investing is uh, a an admission to the greatest conference on the face of the earth, the Ohio RIA Convention. You can uh, get more details about that on WMKV's website right now, wmkvfm.org. Or alternatively, you can, you know, wait around for a couple of weeks and, uh, you know, you'll hear all about it. Uh, do we have Edwin now? Edwin, can you hear me? I can hear you just fine, Vina. <laughs> there we go. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we had we were having a connection problem here where I could hear you and you couldn't hear me. So, um, good. So, uh, we're talking today about retirement plan investing and specifically about how folks can take what they already know about real estate investing and use it in their IRAs. And it surprises me with as much education as you guys do, particularly that there's still people out in the world who don't know you can even do this. <laughs> so let's let's start by talking about um, kind of the, the true definition of a self-directed IRA and, and, and what folks are going to need to have set up before they can do the rest of the stuff we're going to talk about today. Excellent. So, yeah, that's a, that's a really good starting point because I'll tell you what, when I talk about this with folks, I'll say, you know, they'll, they'll say, well, you know, I already have a self-directed IRA. And I'll say, oh, yeah, who's it with? And there's only going to be one or two, three companies that they're going to name off. And inevitably they'll name, you know, some big bank or, or brokerage firm that we all know. I'm like, yeah, that's not what, what we mean typically by self-directed. And so, so what is a self-directed IRA? Well, there's two kind of IRAs out there in the world. And the first one is what I call plain vanilla. And that's what we find at our typical bank or brokerage. So in a plain vanilla kind of an IRA, what they'll do is they'll allow us to buy things like stocks, bonds, mutual fund CDs, right? All these traditional investments that, that people are kind of familiar with. Mm -hmm. But a truly self-directed IRA is one where the custodian, which we'll probably get into later, is one where the custodian will actually allow you or I to invest in anything that the IRS actually allow, since they're the ones who kind of wrote the rule book on these things. So as an example, 
with a self-directed IRA, I could go out and buy a piece of real estate, just like you said, Vina, and I, I could buy and I could quick turn that real estate, right, and take the cash and the profit back on the account. I could buy and hold it. Um, you know, I could do seller financing. I could buy a note or a mortgage. I could buy tax liens. I could do all these things. So it's real simple. If you want to know whether or not you have a self-directed IRA, just like some, some of those people, like I said, that will say, hey, I got a self-directed IRA and it's a, this big bank or brokerage. Typically, those aren't self-directed. So here's how you find out. You just go to them and say, hey, look, I'd like to buy a piece of real estate that I identified in that IRA. Can I do that? And they'll say, yes or no, you can't do that here. And that's how you know if you got a self-directed IRA. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and we're probably going to continue to say self-directed IRA throughout this discussion, uh, but uh, while we're thinking about it, it's uh, it's also the case that there's other kinds of self-directed retirement plans for people who, for one reason or another, don't qualify for an IRA or who would prefer the flexibility of a four hundred one k. Um, what what are what are some of uh, let's talk about sort of the, the the span of different retirement type plans that this would apply to? Yeah, so that's a good question because when I use the word IRA, and so I'll just I'll just issue this caveat right now. When I say IRA, I'm referring to basically any account that you could self direct. Mm-hmm. So included in that, to your point, would be like a 401k. So yes, you could self direct a 401k. You could self direct a Roth 401k or a Roth IRA. You can self-direct a, a, a SEP, a Simplified Employee Pension Plan, or even a uh, simple type of plan. And then there's these other accounts out there that are really, really nice that, that have gained popularity in recent years. One is a Coverdale Education Savings Account. So if you have kids or grandkids that you want to send to private school or college or some sort of vocational school, you can self-direct an account like that. Um, and you can even self-direct an HSA or a health savings account. And so distributions from that HSA are used for things like, you know, qualified medical expenses and doctor visits and medicine and things of that nature. So, so there's actually a whole slew of type of accounts that you can self-direct. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So <clears throat> the big advantage of doing a deal that I could just do myself, you know, I'm, I'm going to go flip a house. I'm going to go you know, rehab it, resell it. I'm going to do a private lending deal. The big advantage in doing this in my retirement plan instead of myself is what? Good, good question. So let me let me give you a I'll give you a case study. So I have a a client that he's a client of mine now, and, and we actually became friends. And his name's Kenny, and he lives up in Michigan. And so he had never really done any kind of self directed retirement account investing. And I said, Kenny, you really need to get your Roth open and a Roth IRA. So so we'll use this as an example. So what he did was he opened up a Roth. IRA, and he was able to put $6,000 in it because he's over 50. Now, if you're under 50, you could make a contribution of 5000 this year. But he was over 50, so he put 6000 in it. He says, now, I've got an, this Roth IRA, and I only have, Edwin, $6,000 in the account, so what do you do with something like that? So I said, well, you know what? Uh, send out some marketing, right, just like you teach Vina, and go out and find some real estate that somebody will sell you. So he sent out some letters, and he, in fact, I'll tell you what, Vina, interestingly enough, I met Kenny at OREA. <laughs> so, so that's how we actually collect. Now that I'm telling the story, I remember that. So I actually connected with Kenny at OREA. That's where he found out about self-directed IRAs. And so uh, Kenny, so that's probably where he got the marketing was from your conference. So he figured out how to do that there. So he, because I don't teach that. So, we're t- so anyway, he, he sent out these letters, and lo and behold, he got a call. And it was from an older woman who says, hey, look, I've got this piece of, land. It's just wooded land. And my sister and I own it. It's been in the family for years. We're not going to do anything with it. So she said, would you be interested in it? She says, well, let me come take a look at it. So as it turns out, this is a wooded lot right on Lake Michigan. This is waterfront property. Wow. Right. Mm -hmm. So he says, so he says, okay, so here's the deal. He says, I'll take an option on that. So he used an option strategy within the IRA. So here's an example of something you can do. And he had a $200 come out of the IRA. There are two sisters. So $100 went to each, each sister. Long story short, we now controlled that parcel of land in the IRA. He then turned around and marketed it and sold it to somebody who wanted to build a house on that. Mm-hmm. And his IRA, his Roth IRA, profited a check of $26,000. Now, that $26,000 he made in 90 days. So if you make a $26,000 profit on an investment, 
that's short-term capital gains or basically ordinary income tax, right? Mm-hmm. He'd have to pay federal tax on that. He'd have to pay um, state income tax and local income tax. So all in, he might pay about 36% or, you know, give basically about a third or more of that profit of that $26,000 away to taxing authorities. By doing it in the Roth, he got to keep 100% of the Mm $26,000. Not only that, when he's ready to take that money out, that money will come out 100% tax-free. So he was able to generate profits, as is everyone. You can generate profits inside of an IRA, depending upon what kind you have. You don't pay taxes on the profits, and you don't pay taxes on the income. So it's a way to get totally away from the tax consequences of investing. Mm-hmm. And you know, most people uh, the the way they the way they plan their retirement plans is what whatever the contribution the IRS allows them to make every year is what they make, and then they get the best returns they can. Which right now, if they're going to put it in a some sort of cash equivalent type of thing like a CD, is two percent. And if they're going to put it in the stock market, could be positive or negative on any given day. And uh, <laughs> you know, they, they 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 try and end up with with what they need to retire on by making the contributions. What real estate investors with retirement plans do is they do a contribution one time, and then they build off of that contribution by doing deals. And and I I know people personally, and I know you do too, who've gone from a, a five thousand dollar contribution to a million dollars in their retirement plans over the matter over a matter of five to ten years without ever making an additional contribution. So very powerful way to uh, build that retirement plan and if you're you know if you're getting getting a little bit older and you're starting to go wait you know I don't have any money saved for retirement uh, opening up a self-directed retirement plan and then doing some business through it is a great way to go we need to take a quick break when we come back we're going to talk to Eric who has a both a real estate question and an IRA question and we are also going to answer any questions that you might have you can send us an email at askv at gmail.com or you can give us a call like Eric did at 772-9658 or toll-free long distance at 877-772-9658. We'll be back right after this. Support for WMKV comes from the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati, a nonprofit educational association with programs available for real estate investors at all levels of experience. RIA meets on the first and third Thursdays of every month. More information about RIA and their meetings is available at 859-292-7342. Checking on traffic right now, we have an accident northbound 75 north of the Galbraith exit ramp. The left lane is blocked. Also, California at uh, Paddock, an accident. Work road at Quail Hill, an accident. Let's see here. Eastwood Drive at Duck Creek, and we have the right lane blocked. Tow truck on the scene of an accident. Westbound 275 at 5 Mile. Eastbound 275 heavy this afternoon between Moss Dollar and Ward's Corner, and uh, also between 275, uh, around 275 and 5 Mile because of that uh, earlier accident. And, of course, slowdowns heading toward the Brent Spence Bridge this afternoon. Your forecast tonight, clear skies, a low of 65. Should be a nice day tomorrow. Uh, but warm again, a high around 90 degrees. But this weekend, uh, really very nice uh, for Saturday, Sunday, and for Labor Day Monday. Daytime highs in the upper 70s, maybe lower 80s on Monday. Overnight lows in the 50s and around 60 degrees. Right now we're at 93 degrees here at 89.3 WMKV. Saturday and Sunday mornings at 10 a.m., Mike Worf's Kaleidoscope takes you on a tour of famous events, entertainers, or a page from history. Kaleidoscope, Saturday at 10 followed by Around the Town with Mort at 10.30. Your favorites are right here every day on 89.3 FM, WMKV, the way radio was and is meant to be. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox. Made a a little um, omission in the upfront announcements here. Uh, The Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati's wholesaling subgroup meeting is tonight it's the first wednesday of every month and uh it is uh open to anybody i guess who wants to show up so if you're in your car headed home from work turn around right now and go assuming you're in cincinnati if you're in california this would take a while go to 
go to the Cactus Pier on Jefferson Avenue, and that's where it is being held. So we're going to talk about uh, wholesaling, as always, tonight. My guest today is Edwin Kelly from Equity Trust Company, and uh, we're talking about self-directed retirement plan investing, how to how to do what you do in real estate, only do it in your retirement plan so that the results are tax-deferred or tax-free. We're going to go to the phones and talk to Eric, who has been patiently holding on line one. Eric, welcome to Real Life Real Estate. Hi, how are you? Good, Eric. How are you? Great. You had a couple of questions. Yes. Um, I want to do some investing in my IRA, mm-hmm. and but even before I get to the IRA question, I'm mailing to people who are in pre-foreclosure here mm-hmm. in New York in the Long Island area. Uh-huh. And I'm confused as to, uh, I figure you're the perfect person to ask this, how many times, to, if I'm mailing postcards to these people, how many times do you need to mail to each person? Um, now, uh, New York is a longer foreclosure state, right? It takes about six months minimum from the day the... A year, usually. <laughs> Good old New from York. The, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. Don't even get me into the eviction process in New York. Um, okay, so here's the deal. You have you have a while there to, to get people's attention. And these folks uh, psychologically tend to fall into two categories or let let me say three categories all right number one is the ones that by the time they get behind in the payments and the suit is filed they they are already you know they 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 need to sell and they know it and they're going to solve the problem that's that's category one so when you send your first postcards or letters out to them you're going to get some calls right then you got the people who are in complete denial until the last minute like like when the sale is scheduled, then they're going to go, oh my gosh, I guess this is really going to happen. Well, that's eight months up the road, right? Right. So 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 you got you got those folks that you're going to catch a lot later, and then you got the third kind of person, which is the one who they just really don't care. They're going to let the they're going to let the bank take back the property. They're going to declare bankruptcy at the last second. They 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 have no intention of working anything out. They're just going to they're basically going to stay as long as they can, and then they're going to walk away. And those people aren't your customer, no matter what you do. So, beginning with the filing of the foreclosure suit, you are going to send these folks a postcard or a letter about once a month up until you get to the point where you're about a month out from the, from the sheriff's sale or the, or the trustee's auction. Okay? Okay. And, and each message that you send, because you're, you're going to have to have eight or nine pieces of mail for these people... The message is always going to be, I buy houses, but you're going to, you're going to touch on slightly different things with each mailing because some people will be uh, spurred into action by the idea that uh, it's confidential. Some people will be spurred into action by the fact that it's, uh, that if they call you, you can discuss all their options with them and uh, explain about the, the, the foreclosure process and what will happen if they declare bankruptcy and what will happen if they do a loan modification. Some people will be spurred into action by uh, the idea that, uh, you know, they can stay in the house for a month after you. Yeah, there's different messages, right, that are going to grab different people. And since on a postcard you got, word, you got room for, what, about 10 or 11 lines, mm-hmm. you can't say it all on the same postcard. So I would say once once a month for eight months until they either call you or the mail starts coming back because they have vacated the property or you get out, you get a month out from the sheriff's sale. Okay. Okay. Obviously that's going to get expensive if I do it consistently every month. Like there's 400 new ones every month in Nassau County. Yes, but there are, uh, some of those will get withdrawn. Some of them will get, will get short sailed. I mean, some of them will, will actually get, get purchased by other investors. You need to keep on top of your mailing list and not oh, okay. not keep sending out the same four. And actually, I think what you're going to find in Nassau County is by the third month, probably 20 to 30% of the mail is coming back to you because the people have moved. Right. So you obviously you can stop mailing those. Okay. Okay. But I can tell you from years of experience, Eric, that most people will send out one or two mailings at max. And what they are missing is all the people who don't get motivated till later. Right. Okay. Okay. All right. Now you had a, an IRA question. Okay. Yeah. Well, it might be too late, but I, I got, I locked up a deal in, uh, in, I got it into contract and, 
for 290 and I actually just assigned my contract to another investor um, for 310 mm. and I'm holding the 20000 right now, um, assignment fee, um, and the closing is going to be on Friday. I can't deposit it until the closing. Mm-hmm. That's the deal we have. Okay. So I thought kind of like hold it in escrow until Friday. Uh-huh. And is it too late to... Because I have to pay taxes on that, I guess, if he reports it to the IRS or something. So. Well, you have to pay taxes on it, whether or not he reports it right. to the IRS. But, right. Um, okay, first of all, congratulations. Uh, great right. deal. And secondly, Edwin, I think there needs to be some pre-planning next time. Yeah, so, so you know what? That brings up a – you brought up a great question. And just so you know, if you're unfamiliar with – and, and this I'll, I'll direct to everybody. If you're unfamiliar with self-directed IRAs, there are some rules that we have to go by. And there's a big, big no-no that the IRS came out with, and it's something called self-dealing. Now, what does that mean? Basically, it means that you cannot buy, sell, exchange – or use any asset between yourself and your IRA. So in this case, you already went in and did the deal. It's in your name or in, a, in an LLC's name or some sort of entity's name that you control, and therefore you own it. So if you were to try to put that in the IRA right now, that would be called a self-dealing transaction, and the IRS says that's not allowed. So you're right. This particular transaction is off the table. Unfortunately, you're going to have to pay taxes on your your, your $20,000. But the good news is, you know, the next time a deal comes along like this, you could do that. That would be an ideal situation to do in your IRA, and you could escape all the taxes, depending upon the kind of IRA you're using. How would I even use an IRA? Because I I only put $100 down on contract, and it's like I'm not really – and I don't even know how I would – how do you even do this in an IRA? Okay, so, so that's a great question. So what's the process? And, and here's what I think. It's three steps. It's real simple, okay? So for those of you who are, who are uh, able to, you're going to want to write this down, okay? So this is a simple three-step process. Step number one is that you have to have a self-directed IRA open in the first place, okay? And so if you don't have one, you want to get one because of the situation you just brought up. You've got to be ready for when the opportunity arises. So get the IRA set up, and the second thing is you've got to get money in the account. So if you have an IRA or an old 401K, you can put the money in that way. Uh, to your point, if you, just, if you had $100 to do a deal like this, you could put $100 or $500 in an IRA and, and, and get it going. So now you've got money in the account. Third step is, so first step is you open up the IRA. Second step is you've got to get money into that account before you find your opportunity. The third and final step is you direct the IRA to do the investment you want. So in a, as an example, you just said you basically had $100 and, and, a, and, a, and, a, and an assignment, right, or a, a contract. So in this case, instead of you sending out the $100 and you writing uh, your name on the contract, this time it would be $100 coming from your IRA, and the offer would be extended or the contract would be written in the name of your IRA. So now your IRA owns it, and the money came from your IRA. So, so it's pretty simple. You open up the IRA, you put money in the IRA, and then your IRA, I mean, you have the paperwork, but the IRA will actually take title to the investment or the asset, and the money would come from the IRA, and that's how you do it in the IRA, and you escape the taxes. Okay, okay did that you, makes sense. Did you get that, Eric? Yeah, it's really, it, it really is a, a simple process. Sometimes uh, you have to hear it two or three times to kind of let it sink in because it's, it's a little bit different, but... What I always tell people about uh, investing in their, in their IRA is think of the IRA as a separate human being. And if that separate human being was going to do a deal, what would he have to do? Well, he'd have to put up earnest money. He'd have to sign the contract. He'd have to assign the contract. Your IRA is going to do all of that. You don't do any of it. Okay? Got it. <laughs> all right. Well, again, congratulations, Eric, for doing Thanks. exactly what you're supposed to do. And... Uh, we appreciate your call. Thank you. Thanks, Eric. All right. So it's Real Life Real Estate Investing. We're talking about self-directed retirement plan investing. 
In other words, investing in real estate in your self-directed retirement plan for the purpose of building that retirement plan up and not paying taxes on your deals, at least not right now. Uh, we got a question here via uh, the askvina.com site, Edwin. Uh, this is from JC in Las Vegas. He says, if I do several of the same sort of transaction in my IRA in the same tax year, at what point should I be concerned about my IRA being declared a business and thus losing the tax advantages? Should I be consulting with a CPA who understands this at five deals, 10 deals? How do I handle it proactively? Great question. And so I'll, I'll give you uh, the, the simple answer when because the, there's a two-part question there. And so let's deal with the second part first because that's the easy answer. So the question, the second part of the question was, should I deal with a CPA ahead of time to make sure I'm doing everything properly and that uh, this is going to work out the way I think? The answer to that is yes, absolutely. Go seek, you know, tax advice, legal advice uh, when it's appropriate. So certainly do that. The second part of the question, and it was the first one he asked, is how many deals does it take before it's considered a business? And here's what I'll tell you. There is no answer to that question. Um, if you were to call our office, our office might give you an answer like, you know, comfortably you could do three to five transactions a year. Uh, I have a mentor of mine who basically started this company, and if you talk to him, he might give you a number a little higher. I've heard some people say 20. I've heard some people say, gee whiz, if you did one, that could be an issue, which is, I think, kind of ridiculous. But th- the point is, the reason why the numbers run the gambit is because there is no definitive guidelines from the IRS. And so we just, we, we don't know. So here's what I say to that. Here's how I answer that question is, you just want to document what you're doing. And if it's an investment activity, there's no limit on the number of investments you can do inside of an IRA in a given year. Mm-hmm. So the issue is, is it business activity or is it investment activity? And that's where that CPA can be invaluable to you because if you can document everything and just show, this is, invest- this is typical investing activity, then you shouldn't have anything to worry about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, and uh, a, a, a question that, that folks uh, get to or should get to when they start doing a lot of investing in their IRA, uh, because as you know, Edwin, it's, um, you know, there's, there's folks out there who are doing 50 to 100 wholesale deals like Eric was talking about per year. And when you start saying, okay, that last deal, for that last deal, I was in a 50% combined income tax bracket. I don't want to pay that anymore. <laughs> I want to do it in my IRA from now on. Uh, there there are some issues regarding unrelated business income tax and things like that that are, are getting fairly, you know, they, those, those questions get to be fairly sophisticated. And um, we should mention, Edwin, that, that um, in a couple of weeks when Fundrive is, is happening here on on WMKV, one of the things that we're going to be offering is a two-day class that you and one of your uh, top sort of clients is going to be teaching at the OREA convention about creative IRA investing. And, uh, you know, you're going to kind of go over the rules and the regulations and what can I do and what and how do I have to do it uh, to keep my IRA tax-free or tax-deferred. And uh, he's going to go over some some actual deals he's done that have been uh, very, very creative deals involving everything from, gosh, sandwich leases to <laughs> tax liens to, to hard money lending. I, I talked to him for about half an hour the other day, and I was like, wow, I've been, I've been studying this for like 10 years, and, and you've, you've done stuff I've never heard of. That's, that's really awesome. So that's, a, that's coming up at the OREA convention. That'll be the Friday and Saturday of the event, which is the 12th and 13th, and folks will be able to pledge for that here at WMKV in a couple of weeks. Uh, we got to take another quick break. If you have questions about investing in your self-directed retirement plan, give us a call at 772-9658 or 877-772-9658 or send us an email at askvina at gmail.com. Support comes from Cincinnati Association for the Blind and Visually Impaired. If someone you care about is visually impaired, there's an agency in town that understands the challenges you face and will surround you with caring people and helpful services. You can learn more at 513-221-8558 or at cincyblind.org. Cincinnati Association for the Blind and Visually Impaired. No, you can. Checking on traffic right now. We have an accident on the Brent Spence Bridge northbound side, or I guess which is the top deck. 
northbound 75 on the Brent Spence Bridge. It's on the right side. Covington police are on the scene. Accident west side work at Quail Hill, also Eastwood at Duck Creek and California at Paddock. Backups a little heavier than usual, westbound 275 at Mosteller, eastbound 275 between Mosteller towards Corner, and southbound 275 approaching 5 Mile, plus the usual backups in and out of the downtown area on 71 and 75. Your forecast tonight, clear skies, a low of 65 degrees, tomorrow partly sunny and a high around 90. Then we could get some rain tomorrow night into Friday morning. Uh, later in the day, Friday, a high of 82, and then Saturday, a high of 77 degrees, pretty much the same for Sunday, and then Labor Day Monday, highs around 85, so it should be a real nice weekend. No rain in the forecast uh, over the weekend either. Uh, they're, they're looking ahead to next Tuesday, mostly sunny skies, a high of 85 and a low around 60 degrees. It's 93 right now here at 89.3 WMKV. Support comes from Ohio Valley Orthopedics and Sports Medicine. Pain, stiffness, or swelling in a joint, bone, or muscle may be a sign of arthritis, and there are more than 100 types, including osteoarthritis and rheumatoid arthritis. Early and correct diagnosis can help treatment. More information about a diagnosis, protecting your joints, and a treatment plan is available at Ohio Valley Orthopedics and Sports Medicine at 513-985-3700. Good afternoon and welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox, and my guest today is Edwin Kelly from Equity Trust Company. We're talking about self-directed IRA investing. And if you are Joe Rodriguez and you're listening from Houston, Texas, could you please call in with your question? Because I don't 100% understand the email you sent. The uh, toll-free number is 877-772-9658, 877-772-9658. And uh, I think I just need some clarification on exactly what the question here is, Joe. Um, now, Edwin, mo- most uh, most people who I talk to about IRA investing are most familiar with it from, from the other side, by which I mean, it, they are people who are out, you know, doing real estate deals, and they are borrowing other people's self-directed IRA money and giving them a return of, you know, 8, 8% or potentially uh, more. And um, let's talk a little bit about that because that is a hot strategy right now. Oh, it's, it's, it's super hot. And the reason why is, well, I, obviously everybody listening to this call who knows anything about real estate knows that one of the big challenges to taking advantage of the huge opportunity that is presented right now in the real estate market is the fact that Banks just aren't lending. And so the question is, where do you go to get the cash to do your deals? And IRAs are becoming a favorite source of funding for top real estate investors across the country. And here's why. There's, there's a couple reasons. The first reason is that there's over $4 trillion in IRAs right now. So that was trillion with a T, a capital T. So if you, want to, if you, if you need money to do transactions, you've got to go where the money is, and the money's in the IRA. Mm-hmm. The second thing, or the second driver why people are using other people's retirement accounts is because it's pretty darn easy. Because what happens is when someone has, I'll give you an example, because I, I do all kinds of things from my IRA. And so I had an investor last week who I happen to know down in Fort Lauderdale say, hey, look, I, um, I, had, I have three deals in contract, I'm closing, and, I've, and all of a sudden, basically, the bank pulled out. And so... Edwin, would you be willing to step in and finance one of these? And I look at that deal, and I say yes or no to it. If I say yes, I can literally have the funds wired out of my account the very next day. And so there's no committee that needs to be approved. There's none of that. It's just you and that investor having a conversation, and when they agree to it, the great thing is the cash is in the account, and so you know that the funds are good. So it, it's, a, it's a great process. It's a great strategy. It's it's easy and it's simple and here's the other thing about Avina. I teach people and that's one of the things we talk about in that advanced session at OREA is you know how do you actually raise money from other people's IRAs but here's the first thing you have to realize the money is all around you because just about any single person you talk to age 35 or older in this country right now has a retirement account of some sort 
So the great thing about it is, is that you're surrounded by private lenders when you start talking about their IRA, because they all have assets there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, and, and, and with the, the massive number of, of layoffs and, 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 and job losses uh, that have happened over the last two years, uh, uh, many people have 401ks from their prior job, which, which is not something that they can use to be a private lender with usually, but they can roll those over to a self-directed IRA and, and use that money to be a, be a partner, be a private lender, uh, invest in notes, that, that sort of hands-off investments. I mean, uh, as much as I don't like to think so, and I like to think that real estate investing is for every single solitary human being in the universe, the truth is there's a lot of people who don't like tenants and rehabs and the, the the negotiating and the things that go into the real estate business. And I know a lot of folks who, they wouldn't own a rental property if, if their life depended on it, but they've got their IRAs invested in other people's rental properties through joint ventures or private loans or something of that nature. So uh, it's not even necessarily something that you need to, quote, know a lot about if you are uh, hooked up with the right investor and you have a, a nice safe loan and you'd, you'd need to follow the rules for a safe loan <laughs> that, that, that you would follow no matter who you were or, or, or whose money you were lending. Um, it's a way to sort of, of, of take advantage of and fill a big gap in the real estate world right now, which is there are tons of great deals for investors and they can't get the money to buy them. Absolutely. You know, the other thing about it Vina, is that you mentioned earlier, you know, CD rates are what, 2%? So if they're in a fixed income type of instrument, I mean, and that's at a five-year rate. I mean, it's 0.75% right now with the banks if it's 18 months. So the reality is people who have retirement accounts are looking for alternatives, and real estate investors present a very, very viable alternative for those funds. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and, and again, let me say in case the folks didn't hear it the first time, you need to make sure that your IRA has all the protections in place, like a recorded mortgage and a hazard insurance policy and a title insurance policy, and that you're not into the deal for more than the deal is worth. There's there's things that there's things that that you can get other people to confirm for you, like experts, like appraisers and so on, and attorneys who can draw up the paperwork. But uh, having said that, again, I know I know tons of people who are not at all interested in real estate, but Boy, are they interested in getting an 8% return in their IRA. Absolutely. So um, we know that in order to make these investments, our IRA has to be truly self-directed, meaning that the custodian will allow investments in IRAs. We know that there's some rules out there about uh, you you can't loan money to yourself, you can't take half the money from your IRA and half the money from you and throw them together in a property. There's, there, there's no, there's no self dealing. Uh, but having said that, what are some of the good creative investments in real estate that you have seen people make with their IRAs that have just gotten them? I mean, you, you know, you, you hear all these spectacular return stories. What, what are, what are some of the things you're seeing people doing that are getting them high returns in their IRAs? Well, that's a good question, and I'll tell you that there's, there's the top four categories or the four most commonly used investment strategies right now in self-directed IRAs that we see this year. Number one is real estate. And in real estate, there's all kinds of strategies. I'm sure you talk about all of them on your radio show. So all of those work really well inside of an IRA. Uh, the, the second one is private lending. So just like what you said, and, and to put private lending in, it, in, in its proper perspective, at Equity Trust, we have over 140,000 clients, and last month we opened up over 2,000 new accounts. Of the new accounts that we open, okay, about 30 to 40% of those in any given month are being opened by people who are lending money to real mm-hmm. estate investors. Mm-hmm. So that gives you a, 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 an example. So, so private lending... Is, is a big money maker. Uh, a third category, tax liens. Tax liens continue to be very, very popular, and uh, particularly inside of IRAs. And then the fourth category is a little trickier because it's LLCs. And so in some cases, people are buying into new businesses and funding startups. In some cases, it's that LLC that's going to own a piece of real estate. So 
uh, or a tax lien. But but the top three are are various creative real estate strategies, private lending, and tax liens. Those are clearly the standouts. And and I'll just mention one other one within that real estate realm is is the option, like I mentioned earlier, because if you're just getting started with the retirement program, or if your retirement program has gotten hit because of you know the stock market downturn, options and wholesaling is a is a, a great way to quickly rebuild your wealth inside of that account. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, we have another question here, and and by the way, I'm still waiting for Joe from Houston to call us because I, I'm I'm having a really hard time deciphering the email you sent me, Joe. Uh, our number is eight seven 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 two nine six five eight. And actually, if anyone has a question, eight seven 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 two nine six five eight or seven seven two nine six five eight, or you can also send us an email at askvina at gmail dot com. And uh, Edwin, I have a very uh, common question here from Joan that um, shows a little bit, and I, and I hear this a lot, Joan, so don't don't be embarrassed about this, but it shows a little bit of misunderstanding about tax-paying uh, entities versus non-tax-paying entities. It says, I was wondering if I bought a rental property using my IRA, how I would get to take the depreciation off my taxes. Okay, yeah, good question. And 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 I want to give you the simple answer because, and I'll keep this pretty pretty vanilla because there's some really advanced strategies that that we can talk about. I probably don't have time to get into them today on the radio, but um, for the most part, when you when you do a real estate transaction inside of your your retirement account, you're not going to take depreciation because your IRA is tax exempt. Right? So in other words, your IRA doesn't pay tax. So if it doesn't pay tax, there's nothing to take the deduction against. Now, one of the things that people will argue is they say, well, why in the world, Edwin, would I put something that's tax efficient, like real estate, inside of a retirement account? If, I, if, if you know, there's no tax, quote, benefit. Well, the IRA provides the tax benefit. But here's the second answer to that question. When you're investing in your retirement account, what do you want? You want generally speaking, the highest ROI, right, return on investment that you can achieve. So if real estate is a way that you're achieving your highest returns on investment, it doesn't really matter about the depreciation, right? Mm-hmm. That is the highest and best use of your retirement dollars. And so that's how you make decisions inside your retirement account. It's based on the return you can achieve using what you know how to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, and, and, and one of the things that we often forget about depreciation is that it has to be recaptured. That it's it's all fine and well as long as, you know, you own the property and you're taking it. But you do eventually end up paying that back uh, in, in taxes. And, of course, because the IRA is not taking the depreciation, it doesn't pay it back uh, when the when the property is sold, or at least so I assume. Um, I have a question here from Bob who says, I've actually been making investments with my IRA for about three years, but I recently heard that I'm not allowed to do anything with or to an investment held in my IRA. For instance, I can't sign a contract with a contractor. I can't do the property management, etc. Is this true? And if so, how do I get around it? Good question. And so there, there's some, there are, and, and you're combining a number of things there, and that's because there's a lot of, um, uh, there's a lot of misinformation out there. There's a lot of people who misunderstand how to apply some of these things and these rules that are out there. So, so let me let me give you an example. Um, the question is, can you do work on the property? So in other words, can you lift a hammer? Can you paint the walls? Could you fix the toilet? In your IRA, the answer is no. You're not going to do that kind of work on the IRA itself, okay? So, so that is the kind of thing where you're not going to do that because that is actually adding value to the property. It could be considered a contribution to the account, right? So, so there are certain things like that that we aren't going to do on properties that we own an IRA. Now, what about some of the other activities you brought up, like management of the property? Can you collect the rent? Can you, you know, call and tell a plumber to do the work since you can't do the work yourself? Certainly those things are possible, okay? And so the key, though, is that you want to make sure is that you're not paying the plumber from your own personal pocket. So, 
so that's again where some of these people people confuse some of these things and blend them all together. So I think the way that you put it, Vina, I love that analogy. It's a totally separate person, right? If someone else owned that property, would you write the check to the plumber for them? Hmm. Certainly you wouldn't. They would write the check. So that's a good way to think about it. Your IRA is going to pay those expenses, but you can call and, and align up those services for the work to be done. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, okay. Uh, and uh, I think we got time for one more question here. Uh, this one is from Guillermo. And thank you for sending that in so I could say that name. That's a great name, Guillermo. Uh, he says, I have a question regarding self-directed IRAs. Could you answer this? I'm interested in setting up a self-directed IRA for my nieces. I figure why not start early in their future retirement? Can a self-directed IRA be set up for a child and managed or directed by either parents or another relative? Yeah, that's a great question. The answer to that one is yes, it can. Um, so, so let me give you a couple quick, uh, a little bit of information around that. So just, just out of curiosity, you know, if, if you took $5,000 and deposited it in a Roth IRA, as an example, when a child is born, when they're one years old, and you, you only made that one-time $5,000 contribution, if you got nothing more than 10% on that money, how much do you think that child be, would be worth at about age 65, the age of retirement? The answer is about $2.5 million. 5000 in a tax-free environment becomes $2.5 million over that period of time. So right there is a perfect reason to do it. Now, your question was also about how can you do it? And the answer is that there's one thing that's required to open up an IRA, and that is something called earned income. So as long as a child has earned income, then, yes, they could you could have an account established for them. Contribute, you know, they could make a contribution to the account, mm-hmm. and of course, there, you know, someone else can help with the management and the investment decisions and all of that kind of thing for them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, how does a child earn earned income? Well, I'll tell you how I do it for my kids. I use their photos in my presentations, in my marketing, in everything, and so I pay them as professional models for the right and the use of their photos. Mm-hmm. And so that is, and that is a, a, a completely legal way to generate earned income. And so now they have income so that they can have a Roth and, and those contributions can be made. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So now instead of giving them allowance, you actually put them on payroll, deduct their allowance, and uh, <laughs> then, then, then use it for, for uh, contributions into IRAs. Wow, it sounds... It, but, <laughs> yeah, you, you know what I like to I call it commissions. Because commissions carry with it a performance component. And if they don't perform, I don't have to pay them. <laughs> yes, yes. And and for an older child, of course, I mean, a 16-year-old is going to mow the lawn, right? I mean, there are, there are, there are earned income aspects uh, to uh, an older kid's life. But for the younger kids, you know, getting creative with the whole professional model thing is awesome. Uh, Edwin, we are out of time. But I appreciate very much you uh, coming today and sharing some of your knowledge about self-directed IRAs. Remind folks again, listen in a couple of weeks during Fund Drive because you'll get the chance to hear Edwin for two solid days at the OREA convention by making a pledge to WMKV-FM. So we will be back next week with more information to put you on the path to financial independence. Until then, happy investing. from the Cromer Mashburn family's